Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about how the woke outrage machine is just never satisfied and how you can never win when you play the game of intersectionality. We all know that going against progressive messaging, like by having too many white or straight or male characters or workers or members or whatever it is, that can get people in trouble nowadays. But what we've also been seeing more and more lately is that even when people do try to embrace wokeness, to hop on the feminist or LGBT activism bandwagon, they might still get attacked for, sadly, not being woke enough. We did an episode not too long ago about when Jamila Jamil, who is this huge social justice advocate and actress, got attacked for being part of a new reality show about drag or Vogue or something because she's straight. But then when she ultimately did come out as queer, she was still attacked for not being queer enough because she's in a long-term relationship with a man. And the purity spiraling or call-out culture on the left has gotten so toxic that even people like Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who are far from conservative, have had to tell people, hey, cut it out. So this is not just a case of right-wingers complaining about the left attacking them. No, it's a much bigger problem than that. We're talking about a rabid ideology that will eventually consume all in its path. But before we get into it, I have a quick message from our awesome sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Evan Hafer founded Black Rifle Coffee Company in 2014 along with Army Ranger Matt Best as the combination of two passions, delivering premium roast-to-order coffee and supporting the veteran and military community. With the Buy a Bag, Give a Bag campaign, Black Rifle Coffee Company donated over 30,000 pounds of coffee to troops overseas in 2019. The company hopes to eventually employ 10,000 veterans, and currently they employ over 200. True coffee lovers should look into the exclusive coffee subscription. Every month, Black Rifle Coffee Company releases a limited amount of exotic microlot coffee from different corners of the world. And the best way to enjoy Black Rifle Coffee Company is through the Coffee Club, a free subscription where your chosen coffee is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door on your schedule. And in addition to the convenience, you receive special discounted pricing and gain access to exclusive products, member-only content, partner discounts, and more. Purchase at blackriflecoffee.com Lauren and use the promo code Lauren for 20% off your first purchase. There are so many examples of the progressive left eating itself. It's kind of hard to know where to start, but what actually inspired me to make this video was a TikTok clip that recently went viral. And side note, by the way, I did make a TikTok account because, you know, I wanted to keep up with the youth culture, but apparently TikToks take a lot of effort to make, at least the good ones do, and I, I'm more of a sit in bed and go on social media type of person, so I haven't actually posted anything yet. Basically, what I'm trying to say is don't follow me on TikTok because I'm old and crotchety and refuse to adapt to the times, but do follow me on some of my other social media. Anyway, uh, here's the video. So we wanted to go to see a temple, but guess what? I'm on my period and entrance to menstruating women is strictly forbidden because you know, what's going on down here? It's completely unholy and very dirty. Obviously, the whole period thing is a pretty big part of modern feminism, and sometimes, to tell you the truth, 
it just gets gross. And you have those feminists that are obsessed with periods and everything has to be about periods and they might even try to do disturbing art with their periods. We started off today painting with a tampon. She's using the tampon like a Crayola marker. Oh my I've God. never seen that before. It's dribbling. It looks so fresh. Ooh. That first tampon stroke completely changed the game for me. And I was just immediately empowered. This is my blood, it is my life. This feels weirdly normal. Yeah, super disgusting, right? I share your pain, but aside from that, honestly, there are feminist initiatives that seek to normalize and destigmatize periods, which I do think is actually good work and especially needed outside of the Western world. So I really don't think this Taurus did anything wrong. I mean, she didn't force her way into this temple. She didn't say anything disrespectful about Indonesian culture or this religion more broadly. She literally just criticized this specific rule, which she did end up following anyway by not going into the temple. She made a TikTok video. It's not really a big deal in my opinion, but of course, what this woman forgot is that cultural critiques are great unless you're criticizing brown cultures. Then then that's that's just not acceptable. As this one post which had over 30,000 likes and made the video go viral read, I'm too tired to say anything about this white woman. And another user was so indignant about the video that they actually posted their DMs to the tourist. They said, I am a feminist. I do not and will not discriminate against people, but when I'm visiting a foreign country, I will try to respect the cultural values around simply because I respect them. I respect their culture, their ancestors, and the people who bravely embrace it. By making a TikTok and a video with a condescending tone, peppered with, with all due respect after that, you are not being respectful at all. It's the same as when someone is saying, I'm not racist, but you are a foreigner. You need to embrace the culture and stop being a Karen that thinks everything caters to you. In conclusion, the audacity of the caucasity. There are a couple of things I want to highlight here. Number one, clearly this whole woke white people suck regressive feminist attitude is not exclusive to Western countries. So that's fun, but also, obviously, this woman would have been heralded as a feminist warrior icon if the culture she was criticizing was a white culture. However, because of intersectionality and power dynamics, you're not allowed to stick up for period destigmatization if it's non-white people doing the stigmatizing. Like, nice try, you tried to toe the feminist line, but you forgot to check your white colonizer privilege while you were at it, so better luck next time. That's just one example of never woke enough that I thought was pretty funny, but we have more cases to go through, gentle viewer, because there's one progressive outlet out there that is dedicated almost entirely, not an exaggeration, to complaining about progressive efforts failing to meet their standards of progressivism, and that is B-word media. And I know it's lame to censor like that, but honestly, I don't know if I can say the actual word, the actual name of the publication without the platforms getting mad at me and just deranking this episode, but you guys 
you know what I mean. To show you what I mean, here is the article, Concealed Pain. Why are there so many lesbian cops on screen? See, you would think that making strides for LGBT representation would be a laudable thing, but the problem here is that these activists will never be happy. As Rachel Charlene Lewis writes, quote, When I learned that Onward would feature Pixar's first openly lesbian character, it piqued my interest. Waith, who voices Officer Spectre, joins a star-studded cast in a film that has garnered headlines for being groundbreaking. Though Officer Spectre only appears on screen for a few scenes, she's the first Pixar character who's openly queer instead of being queer-coded. Though Finding Dory was touted for having a lesbian couple, the film's co-director Andrew Statton told USA Today, The couple can be whatever you want them to be. There's no right or wrong answer. While that might be a true statement for Statton, his answer felt a bit biting for queer viewers. Similarly, Disney's 2017 Beauty and the Beast remake supposedly featured a nice, exclusively gay moment in a Disney movie, but the fleeting moment was forgettable. I get that people are upset with queer baiting, like when shows and movies talk about how woke they are and how important LGBT representation is to them in media coverage to get those favorable attaboys from progressive outlets, but then when it comes to the actual content, the, uh, the representation they had talked about, it's either only implied that a character is LGBT or it's so fleeting, it's like a, a blink and you'll miss it moment. Because the truth is, as much as studios love woke press coverage, which they do, it turns out they also like making money internationally and some other countries in addition to not liking women on their periods right as as we've seen are also not too keen on the gays that kind of two-faced corporatism I don't care what your political or social beliefs are, that is annoying, and it's one of the many reasons why we should never forget that at the end of the day, companies are out to make money, which, which is fine, but they're not moral forces for good, no matter what their latest Super Bowl commercial might try to convince you of. And we have a lot more to talk about, but first, I want to tell you guys about keeps. Losing your hair sucks, right? But you know what doesn't? keeping your hair without leaving your couch. If you're losing your hair, you gotta know Keeps. Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. That's the real deal, and the generic versions save you a fortune. It's simple. Just answer a few online questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for you. Then it's shipped discreetly to your door. And you're probably wondering, well, Will it work? A whopping 66% of men experience hair regrowth thanks to Keeps. Losing your hair sucks, so let's do something about it. Here's the deal I got you. Go to Keeps, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Lauren to get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment for 50% off. You heard me. That's half off. Keeps.com slash Lauren. That's Keeps.com slash Lauren. But also... At the same time, in defense of Disney and Pixar, the movies that the article mentions are for kids. Like, okay, you don't like queerbaiting, fair enough, but how in-depth with these characters' sexualities should Disney and Pixar really be expected to go? Like, should they have these gay characters gay making out to really drive home the gayness or... Should they shop around for sperm donors or surrogates when trying to start their own families just to emphasize the same-sexedness of it all? Like, how much gayness 
is a good amount for the kiddos. But the article continues that, given the lack of queer characters in animated films, Pixar had an opportunity to make a real impact by including a lesbian character voiced by a real-life black lesbian. Instead, Waith's character only has a handful of forgettable lines. These people want a main character in a children's movie to be gay. That's their prerogative, but it's strange to me that in wanting that, they choose to drag a movie that was at least trying to put in some representation. Like, why not praise Onward and say, hey, in the future, we want more of this. But by taking Onward and Beauty and the Beast and Finding Dory and saying, no, this is not enough, you've done this wrong, if you ask me, you're, you're kind of just disincentivizing people ever trying to make you happy again because frankly, it kind of seems like you're never happy. But anyway, next up we have a piece about Taylor Swift. And I know, we've been talking about Taylor Swift quite a bit on the show lately, specifically her recent pivot from not talking about politics at all to suddenly not shutting up about every single progressive mainstream talking point. And there is perhaps no better example of this than her music video for The Man, where she dresses up as a man and actually a surprisingly hot man. Like, in my opinion, way hotter as a man than she is a woman. Maybe a discussion for another time, but she does all these toxically masculine things and it's pretty much an homage to, like, 2014 Anita Sarkeesian type feminism. You would think that social justice activists would like that, right? You think they'd be all great. We kept complaining that T-Swizzle wasn't talking about politics. Now she won't stop talking about politics. Plus the politics are our politics. Perfect. But no, that would be too easy. As Liana Garfield writes in The Man, Taylor Swift seeks to critique sexism, but twists drag to do so. To a queer viewer, this video and her performance struck me as inexplicitly queer-coded with drag references. She performs a certain kind of exaggerated masculinity in her mannerisms and clothes, visibly packs with phallic genitalia, and uses a pseudonym, Tyler Swift. References like these are very much linked to queer and drag communities. As Swift tries to widen the scope of her work, she faces criticism. Swift has also been accused of queerbaiting, i.e. giving a wink-wink to queer fans by employing queer imagery while deftly avoiding any narrative she might be queer. The man appears to be continuing that trend and can't be separated from her past of mischaracterizing identity, most notably in You Need to Calm Down, where she attempted to delve into queer politics but slipped into classism in the process. While Swift succeeds in pointing out sexist double standards in this video, regardless of intention, she misses the mark by not acknowledging the queer culture she's seemingly borrowing from. Instead, it comes across more as a marketing ploy, sanitized and heterosexualized for a mainstream audience. When you don't acknowledge inspiration like this, it does a disservice to the existing art and context, in this case, a marginalized community. See, Taylor Swift, you thought you did something by hating on men, but then you forgot to pay respect to drag, and this is exactly why you should have just kept writing songs about your ex-boyfriends, or whatever your inspiration was for 1989, because that, that was your best album. And as the article also brutally notes, quote, the conversation in The Man is all about feminism and the voices that are the loudest in this area of activism are white women. She's using her privilege to speak on things that all white women center their movements on, says DC-based non-binary drag king Magic Dyke. 
lovely. Of all the things that Taylor could have brought to the limelight, using the billions of dollars and resources she has, is manspreading, peeing on walls, and things we already know to make a profit. Ouch, Magic Dyke is clearly not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but before you go and start feeling too bad for Tay-Tay, the poor, oppressed millionaire, remember, this is what she chose, okay? This is what all of these people chose when they tried to cater to people whose standards we know will never be met and who will always find something to criticize. Why anybody even bothers trying to pander to the woke crowd anymore? I have no idea, but that's pretty much all I have to say for now, and as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Do you think the progressive left will continue eating itself, or are people going to finally start pushing back a little bit more on PC culture because they know the Wokarati will never be pleased? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.